He's doing such a work in us. Who feels that? Who's been feeling that for a while now, that, that, that there's been a change, that we've stepped into another realm, another experience of God? Amen? For so long, we've just been almost satisfied with the crumbs off the table, just the crumbs off the table. We've been satisfied with our pop rock music and our lights and our skinny jeans and smoke machines. We've been satisfied with performance. We've been satisfied with a distant relationship with God. We've been satisfied to just sit and listen. But he's changing us. He's changing us. He's changing us from the inside out that we would become like him. That no longer we would come to church to just watch a show, but we would come to worship the king, to be transformed into his very image. Amen? So that we would go out and make a difference to the world around us. We are called to be like him, a representation of him, a representing of Jesus to the earth, a representing of Jesus. Wherever we walk, whatever we touch, whatever we do, we should be representing him. He is the king. And people, I'm telling you, they are not looking for hype. They're not looking for a show. They're not looking for, for the next great preacher. They're looking for Jesus. They're looking for the real deal. And it's time for us to get real. It's time for us to get real with ourselves, with our inner beings, and allow the king to expand on the inside of us until there's nothing of me left. Jesus said those great words when they accused him that he was of Satan. He said, oh, I know him, but there is nothing in him, in me. There's nothing of him in me. And what he was saying was there is nothing that I have in common with anything that he has to do with. There's not one thing inside of me that is in common with him. No anger, no violence, no sin, no pain. There's nothing inside of me that he can connect with. There's nothing inside of me that Satan can connect with. Jesus is changing us into his image where there'll be nothing in common with the God of this world but we'll have everything in common with the Father who is in heaven and the kingdom of heaven. Amen. He's transforming us from glory to glory with every increasing glory into the very image of Jesus Christ. That is not just a phrase in the Bible. It's an actual fact. It's happening inside of us. It's happening inside of you. It's happening this morning. There's a transformation process happening inside of us because the Father is coming to fight for us. Jesus is coming to reveal himself. He's landing in churches. He's landing in people's lives. He's landing in people's cars. He's landing in people's, in people's homes. He landed in my upper room yesterday and I couldn't come out all day and all night. He was there. And where else would I want to be but with him? When you're experiencing the very kingdom of heaven in your house, what else can compare with it? Where else can I go to find the words of life? Where else would I go to find what I've already found in my own room, in my upper room in my house? (laughs) Hey, thanks for doing that song, guys. (laughs) That was fun. Um, 
10-minute rehearsal and we did good. Amen. I just heard that song last night. It's an old song, you know, and it just wouldn't leave me. I kept singing it in my sleep and anyway, we shall be like, so we're going to talk about it. We shall be like him. How are we going to do that? Look in 1 John 3, 2 to 3. I'm I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So you can read from the screen if you like. Beloved, now listen, when you read the word of God and when you're listening to the word of God, you can't just read it like it's a book. You can't just listen to it like it's just words. This is actually the words of life. Every word is living and active. And it means every word that we speak or we read is going inside of us and doing something. Amen. So listen to the word. And let it go right deep into your spirit. Beloved. Wow. Just think about that for a minute. That he would call us beloved. There's a good start. We are God's children right now. Right now. Not when, but right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible... We will be just like him. Hallelujah. For we will see him as he truly is. I believe that's what's happening right now. That he is making himself visible. And as we see him, we will become like him. And it says, and all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. I'm going to read it again. Let it sink in. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. Now, oftentimes we think, well, we'll be like him. We'll be glorified when he returns. And when we see Jesus in the flesh, he will look at us and suddenly we'll become like him. But my theology is starting to change. My thoughts on those passages are beginning to change. There's fresh revelation that's being downloaded from heaven that we will not have to wait till Jesus returns to actually be glorified, to be like him. But when he reveals himself, which he's doing right now, as we behold him, we will become like him. Amen? And so then it says, therefore, we will purify ourselves. I mean, really, God's going so deep inside, inside of me, inside of us. I mean, it's just like there's nothing hidden. It's like, whoa. I mean, I, there's things that I'm getting healed from that I thought I dealt with years ago. And he's going, oh, no, we're going deeper. You know, this is a deep well I'm digging here. I'm going, okay, God, whatever. You know, anybody ever done self-deliverance? It's an interesting thing to deliver yourself from something, you know, and you, you, you know that you, you're saying, come out in Jesus' name, and it's like, mm. but then when I speak, it goes back down. It's like, <laughs> it's like come out, <laughs> you know, like this sickness thing that had a hold of me for so many years, you know, like, 
that we started the church, when we started the church within uh, the first few months of us starting the church, I got struck with an incurable autoimmune disease that was literally killing me. I mean, I was bleeding internally, fought with that thing for years and years and years, fought 11 years before I got any peace. I used to stand up at the pulpit, hold myself up. I was that sick. Sometimes I thought I was going to die and I probably was, but it was the grace of God. But I knew that God wanted to go deeper and really just destroy that whole disease in my body finally in the other night. (laughs) So in my room, I'm going, "Uh, the roots of this thing are coming out. Like, I refuse. I refuse it. And uh, I go, access denied. That's what I've been saying. Access denied. Because I'm speaking to my body and I'm saying, well, if I'm going to be like Jesus and if I'm going to run the race that I need to run, well, I need my body healed. I need my body strong. I don't just need to be strong in my spirit. I need my soul strong. I need my body strong. And I believe that God is renewing our youth like the eagles. So I'm claiming that too. Every age-related thing that's coming on my body, I'm saying access denied. Do you know what I mean? Because like I'm getting younger. Anybody see like I'm getting younger? Can you see that? I am. I really am. Like I've got energy levels. And the more time I spend with him, the more I feel like my body is not having its way with my being. (laughs) Anyway. Um, we found we found the secret to youthfulness. <laughs> it's called laying in the presence of God all day. Jesus is being made visible on the earth right now, but and when we behold Him, we become like Him. When we fix our attention on Jesus, we become like Jesus. I've been spending time with Jesus, and it's different to the time I've spent even in the past. I reckon He's changing us because what He's saying right now is like, "Be still and know that I am God." It's like in the past, I've got, and I'm an intercessor. You know, I get in my room and I intercede, and yeah, and I groan and I bring to birth and I yeah and I stomp and I walk up and down and I claim and I it's like the Lord saying to me just lay down Julie so I just lay down he said just breathe just breathe because if you you're not going to carry me in this day unless you carry me in rest and he keeps saying to me you know I'm about to open up the promised land for my people the promised land the promised land the promised land is within us It's within us. So we have our our spirit, our soul, and our body, right? And our spirit is the part that is of God, that is perfect and beautiful and, and just untouched. The minute we're born again, our spirit is perfect within us. Who knows that? The devil might have told you otherwise, but he's a liar. But then our spirit begins to expand within us the more that we know God as we come into maturity and it begins to take over the realm of our soul. It's taking the land. It's, it's, it's defeating the giants in our own land. You know what I'm saying? Amen. We're on our way to the promised land. What if it expanded so big that it actually took over our physical bodies as well? We shall be like him. Yeah, that's what I believe God's doing right now. There you go. We're moving. I, I, oh. As I as I just I just meditation. Meditation is a thing. I feel like I'm just like I just worship Him, and then I just like just Lord, 
I'm just going to focus on you in silence, in silence and in quiet. And in that still small place, you know, it's that still small voice. It's that place that Elijah found, the still small voice of God. Amen. And it, and it's like he infuses you without words. There's just like stuff going into you that is infusing you and there's no words. When no, when I met Jesus, I saw him. He came into my room in 1982. I was total unbeliever, had no idea of who he was and he walked into my room and spoke to me. But when he spoke to me, he did not use words. He was speaking to me spirit to spirit. It was this connection. Now, there's a spirit language right now that he's releasing over us that if we just be still. Don't you think that this is what we need more than anything else right now is some peace and quiet, some stillness, some putting away all the distractions that just take up our mind and take up our lives and just getting with him and just meditating. That's the key, guys, is meditation. It is. Hallelujah. And it's not new age. New age stole it. And it actually belongs to God. Look at the Psalms. David meditated. Meditated on God. Meditating on him. His greatness, his goodness, who he is. Oh, Shama, Sila. Stop and think of that. Amen. So we need to understand, to understand all this that's going on. And it's just not like Pastor Julie rambling on, but we actually are in a prophetic timeline. We need to understand that this is biblical and that we are in a prophetic timeline. Things are happening right now on the earth that have never, ever happened before, both good and bad. Amen. I mean, I don't think things were even as evil before the flood the things that I've been seeing right now. I mean, I just have to shut Facebook down and the stuff and, oh my gosh, you know, it just flashes by. You go, whoa, what the heck? What the heck? How could you possibly think that is okay? How could you possibly even think that that's okay? I can't even believe that it's that bad. Things are happening like we've never seen on the earth before, both good and bad. And I want to share some of the good things with you today because you probably hear enough of the bad things as it is. Amen. And we need to meditate on what God is doing, not focus so much on what the devil is doing. You know, we shouldn't be the ones publicizing what the devil is doing on Facebook. Oh, look at this. Look what he's doing now. Look what he's doing now. How about publicizing what God is doing? Amen. And let's bring some good news into this picture of everything. We're living in a unique time, probably the most exciting time in the whole history of humanity. You have been chosen. Think about it for a minute. You have been chosen to live now in the most exciting time in all humanity, in all humanity. We're talking about from Adam until now, God in his forethought thought of you and ordained that you would be alive right now. Why you? I ask myself that question many times, Frank. Why me? I mean, really, surely you could use someone better than me. Surely there's someone, a better preacher, or maybe there's someone, you know, and he just he's just going to use the foolish things. He's just going to use us. Amen? Hallelujah? Amen. So right now we're living at a cross point. If you think of the cross like that, right, we're living at a cross point between the seventh day and the third day. 
And I know this all sounds very technical, but let me explain it to you. The seventh day and the third day, and we're right in the cross point of those two eras. And what this produces on the earth is a coming together of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. So it's like the kingdom of God is getting closer and closer and closer to earth. You know, I had a vision and the the revelation talks about the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. It's eventually going to land in Israel. And that's where the millennial reign, a thousand year reign of Christ will be in Israel. And all the earth will worship Christ and we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years on the earth. Well, the new Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven. It says it's descending as we speak. And it's so close to earth right now that earth is shaking. Earth is shaking. Earth is not shaking under, under, the, restra- under the restraint of evil. Earth is shaking under the, under the power of the glory of God that's descending upon the earth. And the earth is shaking like crazy. Demons are trembling like crazy. Satan is panicking because he knows his time is short because the glory of God is going to out-trump him at every level. At every level. There is no dark place where the glory of God can't fill that with his glory. Amen? So stop giving Satan such big high ideals that he's, you know, so powerful and and this one world government and the one world stuff and all the one world currency is going to be so powerful that we're all going to starve to death. Goodness me. My God is coming in glory and in power. Amen? He's going to demolish the whole thing. What you think the Illuminati and all this stuff, I mean, it's nothing. God's coming, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, oh my God, wait, just wait. He's coming and he's coming right now, amen. (laughs) Anyway, I've got to explain about this seventh day and third day. Who wants to know about that? You probably, who already knows? Who already knows? No one, good. I'm going to tell you. The third day. So the church is stepping into the third day. Born out of Christ's crucifixion 2,000 years ago, right? 2,000 years since Christ died. Out of his crucifixion was the church age born 2,000 years ago, right? And so what God says in God's calendar is that a thousand years is as one day. So one thousand, two thousand, two days. And at the turn of the century, around the year 2000, somewhere around there, because our calendars are a bit skew if, somewhere around the year 2000, we stepped into the third day. We stepped into it. Who can feel the change since the year 2000, especially since the year 2020? I think that was huge. So the third day stands for resurrection and ascension. And I believe that we are being resurrected in our inner man, in our inner beings as the church. And we are ascending into high realms of the spirit of God that we've never even accessed before. A lot of that's too deep for you, but get it anyway. The seventh day. So we've got the third day, seventh day, the cross, cross point. The seventh day, 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham. 2,000 years from Abraham to Jesus. God's calendar, 1,000 years, is as one day. So we add 2,000, 2,000, 2,000. It makes how many? 
6,000 years, which makes six days. So at the turn of the century, we also stepped into the seventh day. We know that God created the earth for six days and on the seventh day, he blessed it. We are in the seventh day blessing. We're in that season right now. Amen. Everybody get that? If you don't, you will eventually because just let it sink in, sink in. Hallelujah. So somewhere around the year 2000, we stepped out of the sixth day, which is the day of man. Six is the number of man. So we stepped out of the day of man and we stepped into the seventh day, which is the day of God. So on the seventh day, we stepped into this is the day of God. In other words, God is about to invade earth. Amen. And we've seen that happen and we're seeing it happen more and more and more. You say, well, what's this move of God? What's this awakening? What's the Ashbury thing? What's all that stuff that's going on on the earth? When God invades the earth, mankind responds in like. People are going to be so hungry for God. Sin is going to fall off people as we become like him and are glorified. We won't even have to preach anymore. They will see him on us and fall on their faces. I'm telling you, the light of God is about to fill the earth. You know, it says that in the last days, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Can you imagine if every one of us, every Christian across the earth was filled with glory? If the glory, if the, if the, if the, the new creation being that's inside of us, Jesus lives inside of us. Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Father lives inside of us. The Trinity, we have the Trinity on the inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Imagine if that expands and that overtakes my soul realm, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. My measure of it overtakes the place where, where the, the Lord's been trying to sanctify me all these years and I've been wrestling with my old man. Imagine if the old man just lays down and my spirit man overtakes. Imagine if my spirit man then begins to take over my body and I become renewed. Amen. Because the seventh day stands for transfiguration and perfection. Whoa. Transfiguration and perfection. It's like since the beginning of time, the Lord's been unfolding revelation, unfolding his plan, unfolding his plan until it came to a generation of people where he was going to display transfiguration, glorification and perfection on the earth. And you say, why is so much deliverance going on? Why are so many people getting healed and set free? And why is there so much power on the altars? And why are we being changed? And why is the fire coming down when I come to the altar of God and and it's filling me? And why am I shaking and crying? Why am I crying all the time? I'm crying all the time. Crying all the time. Anybody else cry? You're crying all the time, Kay? Crying all the time. Why am I crying all the time? Sometimes I'm crying. I don't even know what I'm crying for, but it's so deep. It's like a groaning inside of me. Such a healing in my soul. I don't even, I said to the Lord the other day, you know, I was groaning so, so deep. 
and crying so deep. And I knew it was healing. I knew it was healing from my childhood. And I said to the Lord, do I need to know what's going on in here? And he goes, nope. Just let me do it. You don't even have to know what I'm doing. Um, I'm taking over your soul, girl. And I'm going, have it. <laughs> have it. I don't, I don't want any part of my own soul. It's messy. Amen. My will doesn't always do what I want it to do. Anybody else? My mind doesn't always think about things I want it to think about. My soul is just my emotions. I'm a woman in menopause. I'm a woman. I mean, my emotions are trashed. Anybody else? I mean, not, I wasn't asking you, were you in menopause, gentlemen? I'm just... Actually, I'm post-menopause and I'm a new creation and my body is getting young. Amen, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I've got to start speaking it, Paul, and we've got to start speaking it. So this all tells us that heaven is beginning to merge with the earthly realm. That's why things are happening. So that means that, now this is deep. You ready for something deeper? This means that the Lord is now beginning to set us free from the limitations of our human DNA into the limitlessness of our spiritual DNA. We are being set free from the limitations of our human DNA. God is taking us into promised land living within us. Little by little, they took the land and conquered the giants in that land until they entered into the promised land. It's all, the whole story of the Bible is like in us. It's crazy, isn't it? It's unbelievable. You're so quiet. It's like, somebody smile at me, please. (laughs) I love this in the Amplified Bible. It says, arise, Isaiah chapter 60, it is one and two. Arise from spiritual depression to new life. I love that it says spiritual depression. How many of you felt like, you know, over the last few years, like, oh, I just can't feel God and I just feel down, I just feel sad all the time and I don't feel spiritual, I don't even want to go to church and I'm just like, I'm cranky and I'm down, you know, I just feel yuck. Especially since COVID, it's been been a real spiritual depression that came upon the earth. But it's saying in the scripture, arise from spiritual depression to new life. Who's ready for new life? Amen. And shine. It's time to shine. Shine, Jesus, shine. We used to sing that land with the Father's glory. We sing those songs. We never knew what he was actually doing, that he was actually going to do it, that he was actually going to shine through us and fill the land with his glory. Amen. And it says, be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord. Wow. For your light has come. And the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. Do you know that Isaiah 60 is a prophetic scripture written by a prophet that up to this time has not been fulfilled? Because we can see it here. Why it hasn't been fulfilled up to now? Because it says, in fact, for in fact, darkness will cover the earth 
and thick darkness will cover the people. But, everyone say but, in the midst of great darkness, in the midst of the greatest darkness the earth has ever seen, God is going to turn a light on. And that light is you. That light is you. That light is every single Christian across the earth. Can you imagine the way that the world is going to light up when he just goes, bang, here's my church. Here they are. You might, you might have thought that it's just like when Jesus rose from the dead, you know, Satan's just, yeah, we got him, you know, and all the powers and principalities, yeah, we got him. You know, all the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the couldn't seize and the wooden seize, they're all going, yeah, we got him, we got him. But on the third day, on the third day, The tomb was empty and he rose from the dead. We are in the third day right now. Jesus. But the Lord will rise upon you. The Lord will rise. See, for something to rise, it's got to come from the inside out, not from the outside in. The Lord will rise inside you huh? and his glory and his brilliance will be seen on you. Think about that. Think about it. His glory will be seen on you. Now, let's talk about the glory for a minute and where we've seen the glory manifest in the Old Testament because we know that the glory was manifested on Moses. Who knows that? So Moses would go up to be with the Lord and the glory of the Lord would come upon him so strong that his face would shine. And when he came down from being with the Lord, the people would have to hide their faces. They couldn't stand the brilliance that was on his face. It was physical and visible. It wasn't just a spiritual thing. It was physical and visible. In fact, he had to put a veil over his face to be near the people. So let's quickly read this to prove to you that's in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 to 18. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious. So we're talking about the Old Testament was the law and it was the ministry of death was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. That glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not become more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory... The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. In other words, in comparison to the Old Testament. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. We have to get this into our into our into our spirits this revelation therefore since we've had we have such hope we use great boldness of speech unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away but their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the old testament talking about the jews 
because the veil was taken away in Christ. But even to this day, which, when Moses is read, a veil lay, lays on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. Great freedom to be ourselves. I want to declare that over you, that he is unveiling you. This season we've stepped into is the great unveiling of Jesus. But as Jesus is unveiled, so are you. Your true self, your true personality, who you were born to be before the enemy had his way with you in whatever way in your life, through pain, through trauma, through sin, through sickness, whatever it is. Jesus is going to unveil you. The original intent that God created, your original being, you, is about to be unveiled. And then it says this, liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We either read the Scriptures and believe them or we don't. We either read them like we really believe this is possible or we don't. This is what the Passion Translation says with that last verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is spirit. We know about Jesus was transfigured before his disciples in Matthew 17. One to two, we say, six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. There's a key in that, getting up the mountain of the Lord, being with the Lord, amen. Then Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light as bright as the sun poured from his face and his clothing became luminescent, luminescent, luminescent. Dazzling like lightning. My goodness, he was transfigured before their very eyes. Now go back to that scripture in the Passion Translation. We can all draw close to him with a veil removed from our faces and with no veil we all become like mirrors who are brightly reflecting the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another, and this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord. Wow. What are you saying, Julie? Are you telling us that, that, that as the Lord is transforming us, and in this day and this hour, there will come a time where actually the glory of the Lord will be seen on us? Yes, that's what Isaiah chapter 60 says. We will be transfigured on earth. If Moses was transfigured before them, and that was the old covenant, how much more 
Will he show his glory forth in us on the earth? So you say, what is he doing in me? Why is he healing me? Why is he setting me free? Why am I having deliverance? Oh, just go in for the process because I'm telling you, you're in a process to be transfigured. Amen? Not when we get to heaven now. See, the earth, do you think that God, that God in all his glory in all his love, and all his compassion, the God who says, it is not my will that any should perish, would actually take 10% of us off the earth and leave the 90% to perish? Or do you think he would come and transfigure himself inside of us and reap the greatest harvest the world has ever seen? Huh? I'm not leaving my family. I don't know about you guys. I was praying this morning for my brother. Mate, I don't know why he's still alive. He said to me the other day, the only reason I'm still alive is because of your and mum's prayers. I said, I believe that. But you can't keep leaning on grandma's angels. You know what I mean? You've got to get some angels of your own. And so Jesus is doing it. Matthew 5.48 tells us, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. How is that possible? Like we've, we've told ourselves, oh, no, we, 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 are, you know, we fall short of the glory. You know, we're sinners that fall short of the glory of God. But I believe there is a perfection that's happening inside of us where it's going to really uh, bypass all of those thoughts of who we are and actually give us a revelation of who we truly are. In the Amplified, it says it like this, you therefore will be perfect, growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and in character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly Father is perfect. So the word perfect there actually means mature. You shall be mature just as your Father in heaven is mature. Perfection equals maturity, It equals the likeness of God. It equals the true representation of God. It equals like him in character. Who wants to have a godly character? About an eighth. Who wants to have a godly character? Because that's what we're here for, isn't it? Amen. When we behold him, we will be liking. He is growing brighter and brighter within us until he completely fills our spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the God of peace himself, may the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete, be complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, you read the scriptures, we've read them before, but we're reading the scriptures fresh now. James 1, 4 says, let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete. We are stepping into the fullness of time. And if we say fullness of time, if you say that something will happen in the fullness of time, you mean that it eventually will happen after a long time, after a long series of events. We've talked about that from Adam until now. There's been a long series of events. From the time you were in your mother's womb till now, there's been a long series of events. Some of us a lot longer than others. Amen. But uh, 
So something is happening. It is a divine process that God has been slowly and deliberately unfolding. I just want to take the last few minutes and tell you about this this lady. Her name is Nancy Cohen. And I think she's one of the people that I'm following right now because I believe that she is tapped into what God is actually doing. She's probably in the 80. She looks younger than me. She's full of life, so fresh, so beautiful. This divine process that is gradually unfolding inside of us. Nancy Cohen, when she was around 40, you know, she was just going to church. She was loving on people, but deliverance started to break out through her and people were coming to her house to get delivered and people were getting delivered and just people would fly from all over the world to come to her house and be delivered and she thought well this is my ministry I'm just going to deliver people for the rest of my life this is cool I'm okay with that and one day God came to her in a dream and he spoke clearly and he said you've got to go to China and she went China I've never even thought about China I don't even know about China and she says to her husband God spoke to me about China he says I've got to go to China he said well God will have to pay for you to go to China because we're broke. And so she, she went to work that day, looked in her bank account. There was exactly enough money for a ticket to go to China and back. And so she said to her husband, I have to go. He said, do you know where you're going? No. Do you know what you're going to do? No, I don't know anything. I just know I have to be obedient to God. Amen. And so in the training process of you know, being obedient in the lives of other people. Now she's being obedient to this. So she turns up in China and she's at the airport and she's looking around. No one speaks English. It's back in the day. This is 40 years ago. No one speaks English. You know, um, there's just it's chaos. There's poor people everywhere. There's people trying to fight each other to carry her bags because they think that she's rich. And she just goes, oh my God, maybe my husband was right. And she gets against, goes against a wall in the corner near the bathrooms and just goes down the wall and just starts to intercede and groan and say God you sent me to this place I don't understand she's groaning someone taps her on the shoulder excuse me are you American she said oh thank God someone that speaks English he said are you American yes I'm American he said um are you a gospel preacher by any chance and she said yes I'm a gospel preacher he said is your name Nancy Cohen She said, yes, it is. He said, God told us in a dream that you were coming. The underground church has been waiting for you. She got into the underground church in China and preached all through the underground church. Then God said to her one day, I want you to go to Pakistan. And so she went to Pakistan into the most Muslim, the most Islamic place in Pakistan, so Islamic that none of the men were allowed to go to her meetings, only the women and children, because the men would have lost their jobs if people knew they were Christians. So they wouldn't come. So she's crying out to God, how can I get the men to come, God? How can I get the men to come? You know, we need more um, Muslims saved. I want the Muslims saved. And he said to her, don't worry, I've got a plan. She said, okay, I trust you. You've always got a plan. I trust you. And so she's standing there one day and the couple of Muslim men who were not saved carried in this board with a four-year-old dead boy um, on, on the board. He'd been dead four days. He'd been dead four days. He had a sheet over him. He was in rigor mortis. They put, put it on the ground before her and said, your Christ has no power, they said to her. And she just goes, well, oh, wow, okay. And this is a bit bigger step than delivering people in my lounge room. But God's in a process of doing something inside of me and I trust him. So she looks down, they take the sheet off, she looks down at this little boy who's been dead four days and suddenly this little boy looked like her grandson. And she said, you know what it's like when a grandmother 
prays for her grandchildren or a mother prays for her children. You don't just pray for this like this is some stranger. Suddenly I had the compassion. I got down, I grabbed this stiff little arm, I started praying, I started praying, I started praying, nothing happens. All this time is passing, I tipped a gallon of water over his head, nothing happened. I tipped a gallon of oil over his head, nothing happened. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I heard the Lord say, breathe into his mouth. She said his jaw was clenched because he was in rigor mortis. I had to actually crack his jaw to get his mouth open and I breathed into his mouth. Anybody want to do that? No. She breathed into his mouth and the little boy came alive. Like that. Came alive. And so they go, oh my gosh, you know, Jesus is real, the power of God. So all the Muslims started coming, getting saved. They're all bringing their sick. I mean, she had people that had legs cut off, their limbs were growing out. People that had no eyeballs, no, not even blind, but no eyeballs. Their eyeballs are being cut out. And they, they actually grew eyeballs and they could see. There was one little girl who, there was 16,000 in a Christian camp because they put them in Christian camps over there so they can't, you know, apostolize. Apostolize. And they put, not, so they can't preach the gospel. And so they put them in here. <laughs> and, um, and so they set fire to that and 16,000 people were burned alive. We don't hear about that on the news, do we? Right? But this little girl ran through the fire. She was eight years old. She ran through the fire to her grandmother's house, but she was burnt from the neck down. And the grandmother didn't know how to treat her, so she wrapped her in bandages with her arms like that. Well, when they took the bandages off, her arms was, was, were, were infused, fused to her body. And she had all the fingers were gone except for her two little pinkies. And so they brought this little girl to her and she said it was the most glorious thing ever. You know, I laid hands on this little girl and suddenly her arms came out and skin grew back and all her skin grew back and she started dancing and singing and running around. She said it was the most glorious thing I've ever seen in my life. And she thought, well, I've arrived. This is it. This is it, God. I've arrived. I've raised the dead. I mean, I've seen miracles. This is, I've lived for this moment. Hallelujah. She's back in her hotel room. God, I've lived for this moment. And God laughed. He went, (laughs) she said, why are you laughing at me? He said, have you ever read Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1? And so she opened her Bible and it said, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. He was saying to her, okay, you've passed kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> and then she got this vision of a little girl, three years old, playing with all these toys. He said, okay, you found fun playing with some toys. Now let's go on to perfection. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Galatians says this subject, in a similar way, God has promised our ancestors something better. But as long as it's, they're a minor, as long as they're a minor, they cannot inherit. Basically what it's saying is, as long as we're children... We're not going to inherit the kingdom of God as long as we stay immature. I won't read of all of that. But when we were juveniles, we were enslaved under the hostile spirits of the world. But when that era came to an end, everybody say when that era came to an end. And the time of fulfillment had come, 
God sent his son born of a woman under the written law. Yet all of this was so that we could redeem and set free all those held hostage to the written law so that we would receive our freedom and full legal adoption as his children and so that we would know for sure that we are his true true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, my father, my father, you are my true father or Abba God, Abba God. Thank you, Lord. So now we are no longer slaves living under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we are his, we can access everything our Father has, for we are heirs of God through Jesus, the Messiah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm not going to read all of that. I'm not going to read all of that. And then I go back to the scripture that we read in the beginning. 1 John 3, 2 to 3. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. For we will see him as he truly is. And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's time to raise our expectation levels what God can do in us and through us here on earth. He is infinite and his glory is full of beauty and wonder. There isn't a single situation that you're facing in your life right now that is too far gone for the glory of God to transform you and redeem you. So fast forward in Nancy Cohen's life. Fast forward to now. She's, she doesn't say how old she is. But I would say she'd have to be near 80. She has a, an orphanage somewhere in the world. She doesn't disclose where it is, where she has 10,000 orphans. And in that orphanage, she's training the 10,000 orphans to be like Christ. She's training them in, the, in him, that, that, the, that the redemption of their inner beings, they're all kids that have come from really bad backgrounds, they're working with them, they're cutting off generational ties, they're delivering them, they're training them, 10,000 of them. So she goes to the orphanage to visit and, she, and, she, and the Lord says to her, I want you to pray for every, I want you to prophesy over every child while you're here. And she said, oh my God, Lord, you know when I prophesy, I don't just say bless you, bless you. I prophesy their generations, I prophesy their identity, I prophesy their future and a hope. And he goes, yeah, exactly. I want you to prophesy over every child, 10,000. She goes, okay, Lord, I will be obedient. You know, at nearly 80 years of age, I'm going to pray singularly over 10,000 children. 10 days later, 24 hours a day, she finished praying for 10,000 children. She did not eat, did not drink, did not go to the toilet, did not sleep. For 10 days, 
And she said at the end of that 10 days, she felt more alive than she'd ever felt in the whole life. Doctor checked her out and said, it's impossible that you didn't go to the toilet for 10 days. She said, no, it's possible. It is supernatural. God is going to bring us into supernatural places. And right now she's gotten together across the world from just being obedient to delivering people, being obedient to go to China, realizing that it's just elementary to raise the dead, keeping her head down, you know, following God in everything she's done. She's now set up a network all over the earth of Christian people that are called the Ascension Groups. And they, as groups, there's thousands of them, they ascend into heaven daily and get blueprints about what God wants to do on the earth. They're getting breakthrough technology. They're getting breakthrough medicine. They've now set up a, a Christian banking system. They've set up now Christian, a Christian currency so that when things crash, we're going to be looked after and the gospel will go forward. That came from a woman in process. Amen. And she doesn't even let people know she's not famous. She doesn't preach on a lot of pulpits. She's underground. She's just doing what God calls her to do in humility and in beauty. And she says that God is actually renewing her youth and that she, he's promised her extended life. She reckons she, that our lives will be extended in this age. Don't you reckon? Hallelujah. That's a whole bunch, isn't it? Hey, do you feel like a bit of meat today? Amen. Chew it, chew it, chew it well. Amen. Chew it well. Do you want some digestive enzymes? I've got some in my bag. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And that's just like that much of what's inside me. When you spend time with him, he just... He's downloading. He's downloading. Hallelujah. They're saying that they've got enough medical breakthrough to heal every known disease in man right now. But they can't release it. I'm not talking about supernatural. I'm talking about medical breakthroughs. They can't release it because millions of people will be out of jobs. So they've got to find jobs for the nurses and the doctors and the hospitals and before they release it. We're just about to step into realms and places on earth that you never dreamed possible. Amen? Hallelujah. We need to raise our expectations. I love this scripture. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do far... I'll have the worship team, thanks. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we think or ask... According to the power that works where? Within us. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Another translation says to him who's able to do more than we would even imagine beyond our human understanding. It's time for us to step out of our human DNA into our spiritual DNA and let the transformative power of the Lord overtake us. Amen? And so when we call for an altar call, it isn't just like, okay, like the moves of God before, come and get a hit and then go back to your life, citizens. It's not like that. You are in a process of being transformed by God. 
And this is a holy place. And it's a holy anointing. And it's a sweet fragrance of the Lord. Even when people are being delivered or set free, even when people are, the fire of God is coming on them, even when there's transforming. Of, of Last week, you were just telling me about your daughter, Sahara. Sahara's um, seven. seven. She said, Mommy, I just need to go down there because the same things that Jesus has broken off you, I need him to break them off me too. I know it. Because she sees in the spirit at night, there's evil things trying to get at this little seven-year-old. And mom had deliverance and prayer, got set free from generational things and things in her own life. And then a little girl, seven years old, said, Mommy, last week, I don't want to go to kids' church. I need to be on that carpet place. I need to. I need them to pray for me. And she was a bit worried that she'd fall down in the spirit. And mom said, don't worry, I've got you. I'll catch you. And, uh, and I prayed for her and just quietly under my breath, I broke all the things that I knew had been on mom and grandma. Just quietly, gently. She didn't even know what was happening. And then the next minute, this little girl just, and mom's going, oh my gosh, I think she's being slain in the spirit. It's all right, just let her. It's all right. She's all right. And she just laid there. This, I was crying my eyes out. This sweet little face laying on the altar of God as God was just ministering. She was there for so long, wasn't she? You've never seen her face like that. No, mum's crying. She said, I've never seen. And what did she say afterwards? Hang on, I'm coming. She said, Mummy, I just felt Jesus hold me. And she was beaming all day. And she, we've just had the most beautiful week and I can see something has just lifted off her I'm so grateful thank you so good sweetheart so good mummy so while demons were coming off her while she was getting set free all she could see was I felt Jesus holding me so beautiful let's stand Jesus 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 we worship you Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you.